Welcome once again to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris, and I am pleased to have with me today, I don't know if I call you Marcus Pittman or King Ginger, because you are known Either by one. both. Either one. That's so fine. I'm going to just call you Marcus if it's okay. I don't know if you remember this. Um, I, I have a very vague memory, but about 10 years ago, do you remember when we met first, or is that just a shadow? No. Okay, so <laughs> those would be awkward. No. So okay. about 10 years ago, you and I actually were riding in the back of a van together. And that was when I met you for the first time. It was at a wretched conference. It might have been 11 years ago out in oh. Cincinnati. Do you remember that? Like the, the deeper conference? The deeper conference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're sitting in the back of this uh, minivan. And I think uh, your friend Rhett was driving, if I, um, I'm not mistaken. And there was a few girls there from Germany who were with us. There was like a whole crew. And they were going to do some open air preaching in Cincinnati. And the only thing I remember from our conversation is that this is like the one of the two things you're not supposed to say online, but, and, and those two things are Doug Wilson and theonomy, but theonomy somehow came up and you and I were talking about it and agreeing on many things. And I was like, <laughs> wow, there's someone else out there who actually believes some of this. And uh, so, yeah, it was fun. I remember that. <laughs> Wow, that was a long time ago. It was, yeah. I don't, I don't hold it against it you all. for not remembering. <laughs> I don't remember it at all, but you have far too many details correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. That so I'll, 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 I guess it happened. Yeah, yeah. To get even more <laughs> weird, was it? I think it was you. Someone ate a scorpion at the Creation Museum. I want to say that was you. Do you remember no. this? No. No. Okay. I don't. It's yeah, gone. No, it's gone. It's no, not in. It wasn't me. All right. I, I have eaten crickets at the Creation Museum before. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a cricket. I thought it maybe, was. Maybe that's what uh, it was because I know they sell, um, they sell like seasoned dried crickets at the Creation Museum for people to eat. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of a weird way to start this off. But that's how we became friends on Facebook. And um, I know that we've chatted a little bit here or there over the last like 10 years, but uh I've seen you go from, I think you were at Wretched, and then I know you started um, with uh, Jeff Durbin and those guys, some of their podcasts and Summer White's podcast. And, uh, and now I think you are with um, the Cross Politic guys. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I do a show. I do a show with them. Uh, but mainly my full-time job right now is just making babies and murdered here for Apologia. Okay. So I'm kind of like all over the place. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. I mean, just about you know, everything you've done, I, I think it has been great. And I was a fan of The Babies Are Murdered Here, one, and now you're doing the second one. Um, could you just talk to my audience just for a minute about kind of like one guy yourself, what you can do with a camera and kind of the, the results of the first movie, Babies Are Murdered Here? Well, I, I well, the first movie actually started by accident because... I was going to John Speed's house to film his church plant, but he got his uh, he got his plane ticket for me to return uh, home at Sunday morning at 8 a.m. instead of 8 p.m. And so we couldn't really film his church service. So I was like, well, are, are you guys doing anything this weekend? We could film something. And he was like, well, we're going to the abortion clinic. So when we we went to the abortion clinic, but the night before we went to the abortion clinic, this guy by the name of Robert Gray went to the dollar store and he made this uh, sign that said babies are murdered here. 
Uh, and that's what we, we just spent the day at the abortion clinic and was like, you know, it'd be a really good movie to like film all these people that go out of the abortion clinics. And, uh, and no one's ever done that before. And, and so I raised, I, I like made a trailer out of that weekend, I think, and raised, I think in total, maybe like $5,000 or whatever, uh, to make the movie. And I, I mean, I didn't have a, a job at the time. Um, cause I was just working on doing freelance gigs every now and then. So what I would do is I would, uh, somebody would give me a donation and I would just buy a plane ticket and go see another street preacher somewhere um, and spend a day or two with them at the abortion clinic and then come home. And then over the course of a year, everybody across the country just started f sharing these, uh, sharing these uh, baby, like having these, their own babies are murdered here signs. And it just went like all over the country. It was just insane. And then, and then the movie came out. So like people were sharing the babies of murder here signs before the film even came out. And then once the film came out, it really blew up. It blew up to the point that Planned Parenthood uh, started making signs that says healthcare happens here instead of babies are murdered here. Um, so it obviously had an impact on Planned Parenthood to such a degree that they decided to hire a marketing firm to, counter it so, to rebrand them because you yeah, kind of gave them a negative rap yeah 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 so i mean that's that's amazing it was only five thousand bucks and you know a little here here and there thing and became like this whole nationwide movement so yeah you never would have thought when your friend came back from the dollar store this would be something planned parenthood would be spending millions of dollars to combat right right that's just amazing <laughs> um, and i've seen that sign you know at, at planned parenthood apart from um hearing you talk about it and i had that that thought i was like man that sounds awfully similar to that movie i watched babies are murdered here uh so yeah congratulations on the success of that and and um man it, it's just i think a wonderful thing for the pro-life movement um let's watch the the yeah. trailer for your second movie right now and then I want to have you comment on it and talk about maybe what's changed since okay. the first movie and now. But Mr. Speaker, here's the problem that we have. 170 members signed on to this bill. Another good bunch of them want this bill to come to the floor and they want to vote on it. The will of the people is reflected through the United States Congress, especially the House of Representatives. And unelected people on the outside of this Congress are the ones that are holding this bill back. We do try to work on a scientific basis, a human rights basis. Certainly faith comes into a, a lot of what we do, but that's not necessarily the basis for our arguments. The people that aren't in church, we need to share it with them another way. Planned Parenthood comes out with a marketing campaign, spending millions of dollars saying healthcare happens here because you've got people all across the country driving by Planned Parenthoods and abortion clinics, holding a poster board sign that just cost a couple of bucks, babies are murdered here. I, I think we've changed the conversation. Every other organization that I name supports this bill. The only organization that doesn't support it is National Right to Life. Abortion is murder. Stop killing babies. Put down your weapons and come quietly. I don't think you need to be out here with signs that are say babies are murdered here.
All right, Marcus, that was a fantastic trailer. Um, what, what can you tell me about the difference between when you made your first movie and this movie? What's the difference between them? Uh, the budget's better. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I mean, with this movie, I've had an entire year to be able to really just figure this film out. So I think for the first six months, I was traveling maybe uh, at least once or twice a month for the first, up till June till we called an, an, an end to the production. And then um, now I've been able to really just focus on the editing on it and, you know, being able to spend a day or two just researching pro-life lobbies and how they came about and who started them and, and figuring out, you know, where the corruption is and just being able to spend time in research has been really great where I, the first one was just kind of like, this is the footage I have. I have to make a movie out of it. And now with this one, I have so much stuff that I don't know how to, the biggest challenge of it's been, what's what stories do you tell what doesn't need to be told like and how do you like for example like this week i've been working on and i dropped that clip of like the national right to life's history against the heartbeat bills i mean this is years like two since 2011 i've been digging this stuff up wow now you start out against heartbeat bills and then all of a sudden good i was gonna say that and then all of a sudden they're all of a sudden in favor of heartbeat bills and like, how did that change happen? And why did it happen? And there's just so much, um, there's just so much stuff that it's been really great to be able to spend time and focus on that. Cause the, the purpose of this film, the first film, the purpose was to get them and to get people in front of an abortion clinic and share the gospel. The second film is to get them in front of their city council and share the gospel. Gotcha. So it's about legislation. Okay. And that, I think, gives us kind of the purpose and the clear distinction between the two. Uh, you start off the movie, though, with a clip from Steve King. And he's he's talking about the national right to life opposing. Is this a heartbeat bill he's talking about there? Or? A national heartbeat bill. Okay. And, yeah. and what's, so for those listening who are pro-life, who maybe haven't followed all the ins and outs of what different pro-life organizations believe, what's the issue with the national right to life and, and maybe some of these other organizations well, like, why would they ever oppose a heartbeat bill? I don't get it. Well, I was trying to ask the same question because, you know, I, I oppose the heartbeat bill because I don't think it goes far enough. And the national right to life opposes the heartbeat bill because it goes too far. Wow. Okay. So completely so, different motives. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different. Um, and so I was trying to figure that out because if you watch Steve King's, like Steve King's talk uh, uh, that he gave on the Congress floor, it's, and it's almost, I think it's an hour long of him just going off on the national right to life and how they stop these sort of things from happening and whatnot. And it's really, it's really fantastic. Um, and if you, uh, if, 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 if you really just do the research, I think one of the things I've discovered is that, you know, from 1995 to 1999, this is, that's a long time ago, but I don't have any reason to believe uh, that it stopped happening um, in 99. It's just, those are the only documents I've found up to that point. But essentially the, the GOP, the the Republican National Convention gave National Right to Life over a million dollars over the course of those years, which is weird for a lobby because lobbies are supposed to give money to politicians. 
But now here you have the politicians giving money to the lobbyists. And so if I went back after realizing that they're funded by the GOP, I went back and listened to all their talks in opposition to, let's say, like the heartbeat bill. And you find that they have this common thread of these bills aren't going to do anything. What will do anything is voting Republicans in the office. And so you realize that they're really just a tool of the GOP to keep electing Republicans. And they say it over like, like it's not like I'm not making the jump. Like they will, I mean, they will say uh, with uh, an utmost fire to oppose these bills because they poll unfavorably and they split the electorate. Like that's their language almost. Like that's what they say. Like we don't want, we want to move people towards a pro-life position. So if we, that's how they cover it. They say, we want to move people slowly and gradually towards a pro-life position. But really what it is, is these laws split the electorate in a way that makes the people on the fence more willing to vote for a Democrat than a Republican. And when you're being funded by the GOP, it's harder to be able to do that. And so that, that is my theory um, as, as, to, as to why the National Right to Life opposes stricter laws. I don't think they have any intentions of actually being a resource to end abortion right. as much as they are a resource to continue to help move uh, the Senate in the favor of the GOP. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you heard about this. The ERLC, though, I think it was a week or two ago, didn't show up for the the hearings that were being done on Tennessee's heartbeat bill, which actually isn't a heartbeat bill. It's going to start on at conception essentially. So it's in the ERLC, the ERLC ethics and religious. Yeah. Liberty. Yeah, Commission. Were they invited? Uh, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not involved in that debate at all. I've but, never heard of ERLC really being involved in abortion legislation. Well, really, ever. Yeah. That's what I was kind of leading to um, because that was a question I had. And I don't know if you knew anything about, other organizations in evangelicalism, because we're talking about national right to life that's outside of evangelicalism, but right. is, is big Eva, as some people say, are they, is there any indication that they're, that they've taken a stand in this either way, or is it just, as you just said, like, not really, they don't deal with when that. I, when I think of big Eva, I don't think of big Eva being involved in politics at all, except for the ERLC. And right. I, I don't, I don't want them to be involved in politics. <laughs> I don't blame so, you. <laughs> so, so I, I, I'm, I'm glad the ERLC wasn't there, honestly. Um, uh, but the person that was there was a guy by the name of, uh, his last name is Bop. His first name escapes me right now. He's a, he is the general counsel for, National Right to Life, and he was there, and he was there in opposition to the bill in Tennessee, um, and he spoke before the chambers and said very specifically and clearly, he said, if, um, oh man, just lost my train. Oh, he said, he said, God will end abortion uh, in his divine time, in his divine way. But absent of God's divine intervention, we have to do. We have to look to more human ways of ending abortion. More use more human reasoning. So it's yeah. like you have all these Christians that are finally getting involved in politics, and 
God's encouraged them to write these bills that are really good and, and, and they're being led by the word and they're looking at the Bible and seeing this and seeing that. And then, and then you get Jim, I think uh, you get Bob. I think it's Jim Bob. <laughs> no, probably not. We'll just go with that Jim Bob. All right. Yeah. You get, you get this Lloyd, this general counsel for the NRLC and he's like, Hey, uh, there's no divine intervention at this moment in time. So, and it's just like, what, when, when, like at what point do you say, Hey, there's enough Christians that's risen up that we should probably attempt this. Yeah. I think it's James Bop. I think is the guy you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So Jim Bop, James Bop. Yeah. Yeah. So, so James Bop is, uh, the general counsel for national right to life. Now there's a video that he did in July of him. There's a video he did in July of him actually, uh, telling somebody ask him a question and he says and this is on the national right to life's youtube channel and they ask him a question i believe it's about 40 minutes into the video and they say what do we do if one of these idealist heartbeat bills comes in our state and he he looks at them in the very in the eyes and he's like you don't vote for it you tell the politicians not to vote for it don't pass any sort of legislation don't bring it to committee don't give it a hearing like and it's just like wow there's but but the reason is because they have a responsibility towards the GOP to be able to, you know, when the, when the National Right to Life endorses a candidate as being pro-life, it moves a lot of votes. Right. So so if, if, if they want pro-life to be as generic as possible so that they can just be focused on getting people elected and it's not so much about the legislation or bills being passed so so we have politicians profiting from the pro-life movement without necessarily being ideologically invested in it and wanting to see abortion ended and right you're you're making this movie and you're saying basically go around them you know if we have to pull the gop we can pull them but forget about them go to your local civil magistrate if that's i guess the county or the town or the city and and I've seen so many videos of people doing this. I saw one of you doing it. Testify. Tell them to end it, abortion, within the confines of their um, uh, their borders, I guess, uh, their uh, control, and um, and enact the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Essentially, is that am I am I tracking with you? Yeah. So essentially, what I want to do is I want to show that these pro life organizations they don't speak on behalf of Orthodox Christianity. And they're never going to make any significant changes to ending abortion without the gospel. So mm-hmm. the film is focused on the gospel, but it's about taking the gospel to this specific area of the of legislation, the city councils and stuff. And so what we've discovered in just this very short amount of time, that if Christians go to their city councils and they become involved in how their city functions on a very local level, they can make some significant changes. And even uh, one of the things John Speed's working on right now is like sanctuary cities and like having the city council say in this city, there will be no abortion clinics and they can make that mandate. Um, So, so that's, you know, a pretty big thing that's way more impactful than a heartbeat bill or a 20 week ban that the national right to life would push is just saying this whole city, there's not going to be abortion in there. And so uh, that idea actually came from liberals making sanctuary cities that defy the federal government when it comes to immigration. Right. So they're like, we are not going to let ICE, you know, deport anyone in our city, you know? So they're violating, 
yeah, they're violating federal law. And so we're like, well, hey, well, let's just make abort, uh, you know, sanctuary cities for abortion. So, and, and that's what, um, there's been a few of them that's been passed. So we'll see if that holds out. But as long as Christians keep going to their city council and become involved, and um, I think uh, it'll apply pressure on the, the city council to actually, you know, enforce yeah. it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's great, too, just from a constitutional standpoint. There's a long history of nullification and interposition and these kinds of things. And lately, it seems like what you just said, liberals are the only ones that want to take advantage of that to get marijuana or sanctuary cities for illegal aliens. It's like, why don't we, you know, look at the Constitution? And obviously, there is no right to privacy that, you know, allows for the killing of babies. Let's, let's make our state or our city a sanctuary for the unborn. I, I think it's brilliant. And then you're right. going to the right source, the layman, yeah. which I think is awesome. And, it, and, it, and it's so much easier. I mean, if there's a if there's a pretty significant, if you have a pretty significant sized church that you attend, uh, in a city to win to win uh, a city council seat, it only takes sometimes maybe like a few thousand votes. So if you have like a church of maybe like three or four hundred people. You can do a lot of work um, that would get guarantee someone in your church could be on that city council seat. It's it's not that hard. Um, it t- I, I mean, it is hard, but it's not like statistically impossible. Right. So it's going to take a lot of effort, petitions getting signed and going door to door and, you know, all that sort of stuff on behalf of your church. But I think I think the next step, hopefully from this film, what I would like to see is I would like to see churches, um, not the church institution. When I say churches, not the church institution, but I'd like to see people in, in their church getting together and strategically figuring out ways they can put godly men on their city council seats. Uh So, so I think that would be a huge fruit from this film. And, And once that happens, you have godly men who get on their city council, maybe after a few years they can run for state legislator and then they're in a position to really, you know, tell the national right to life to go pound sand. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Think local, act local, get involved. I'm sold. So where would we go if we wanted to donate to your project or get involved? Well, we want to get involved. You can go to endabortionnow.com. That's they're They're the ones really, funding it and stuff like that you got an abortion now you can you can donate to them those guys are uh the ones really heading everything up and then also you can go to endabortionnow.com and we they just launched this essentially like this social media platform is really what it is but it's like a social it's like a internal social media platform for all the churches that are signed up to uh do abortion clinic ministry and there's people on there like every day sharing photos of babies that were saved and like talking about their day and um, being encouraged and stuff like that. So that's, it's really cool. It's a really cool system. They just set up uh, that's private and it's only for, you know, when your church signs up. So, yeah, well, that is a perfect segue because you kind of knew where I was going. I don't know if you planned that, but I wanted to pick your brain about social media in general, because those of us who are Christian pro-life and hold, you know, positions that are politically incorrect, we're getting banned and monitored and shadow banned and all this kind of stuff. And I, I see little social media uh, websites uh, like the Gab and um, I don't know, there's, there's a couple now, Minds, that are springing up right. as alternatives. But nothing's really like, 
you know, gone out and been like, this is the one, you know, we can all come to this one from Facebook. So what do you see in the future? And, and what, how do you think Christians should think about social media and interacting using technology online? Um, well, well, I think, I think one, we have to realize that, um, it's, it's very important to the, the propagation of the gospel for Christians to have open access to the internet. Um, the thing that concerns me is if you look at, like, let's say, all these, like, all the corruption within Google and Amazon and Apple and and all, and, and, and and YouTube and all this corruption. Uh, the one thing I don't want to happen is I don't want us to get mad and angry and demand that the government regulate the internet um, or regulate these companies. That's the thing that concerns me because. Because it's easy for for us to be like, yeah, Google uh, used their platform to sway all these people to vote Democrat. And like in my mind, I'm like, well, if I had a platform, I would want the ability to sway people to vote for Christians. So like, I don't, I don't care that they did that. Like, it doesn't bother me. Um, I, 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 I think it hurts their reputation and what they do. Um, I think, you know, they're known for search and giving accurate search. So when they start to twist results in an ideological favor that they hold to, I, I think it damages their brand. Um, and I think they realize that it's damaging their brand. And I think I, I, I think the market itself can fix Google pretty clearly, pretty, pretty easily. And then, um, of course, there are people that are going to start doing alternatives to Google. And there, it might take a long time. But it'll happen, but it can't happen if businesses like that become highly regulated and monitored. And, and also, I don't want the government to have access to the information that Google has on people, I, I, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there's a lot of talk right now about monopoly. Well, let's break them up because they're a monopoly. Well, I don't, want, I don't want the NSA to go to Google and say, hey, look, if you don't give us people's information and data, we're going to have the Congress come after you and break, break up your monopoly. I want Google to be able to have the courage to be able to defy the government just like any other business or Christian business. So I, the monopoly isn't an option. I don't like that the government has power over Google in that way. And so, and so the solution is, as Christians, is one, we need to invest in organizations that are creating their own content uh, like let's say apologia i know fight laugh feast specifically is working on a plan uh to be completely independent and autonomous um from outside influence when it comes to that with their content so so they're already heading in that direction and 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 the main thing really is just investing in these people who see it like they see what's coming and, and just like now's the time to really invest there. It's through a membership or like, you know, to the club, the fight, laugh, feast club or whatever. It's really important to just like invest in these people. And, and that way they can build these platforms that aren't affected yeah. by, because the, the gift of the internet is that it is essentially, it's not completely, but it's decentralized. Right. Right. And so, so the, 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 the challenge, what people are doing now is to make it completely decentralized, which is fantastic. Cause I always thought the internet was decentralized, but then you, 
then you see like what people are working on the technology that's come up through blockchain and stuff like that to make the internet completely autonomous. Nobody hosts, you know, nobody can shut down a website or nobody can, you know, do this or do that. I think that's what we saw with 8chan. I think it was 8chan. They, the, the guy who did the El Paso shooting posted on 8chan or whatever. And then he went and, and uh, so then everybody calls for 8chan to be shut down and then all their hosting is done or whatever. And so the result is 8chan pops back up on a completely autonomous infrastructure. Uh, that means they can't be shut down. Hmm. So, so before, because they were on these like self-hosted uh, servers and stuff like that, if they posted like child pornography, they could be shut down. Uh, they they could be that could be stopped and and there'd be an incentive for the ra- the 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 owners of the website to not allow that, but now they're completely autonomous. Nobody can shut them down because of how they set up their infrastructure, and so there isn't that there isn't that ability for them to be shut down for posting child pornography anymore. Mm-hmm. So we see like what ra- these regulations are doing. On one hand, it's good, but I, I think the founder Gab was pointing out is like I'd rather have them on my platform so I can monitor them than to have them go to the dark web where they can't be monitored and can just do whatever they want. So yeah. it's one of those things. So I, I think, um, <laughs> I think the liberals are hurting themselves by demanding all these things be shut down. Like all these Christian websites, because it's only forcing people to, to, to find ways that they can't be shut down. So, you know what HN would do for child pornography Christians will do for the gospel. I know it's a terrible <laughs> analogy, but I think uh, you get what I'm saying. I, I do. Yeah. We won't end the show on that note. I promise. Yeah, don't um, end the show on that. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things I've loved about you is that you are passionate about Christians going and building things and being creative. Uh, you know, you know, Chick-fil-A has the best chicken because they invented the chicken sandwich. And you're like, that's what Christians should be doing everywhere. And I agree with you. So, did they really invent it? Well, you, I thought you said that at one point. I mean, not, I mean they, 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 did. They, they say that. They say, we invented the chicken sandwich. So I just always like, yeah. oh, it's really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. They, I mean, they invented the, the sauce, you know, that makes yeah, it. Well, sandwich. I mean, they invented Chick-fil-A sauce for sure. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really know if there is a chicken sandwich without that sauce. That's no, I think, I think they should absolutely take credit, especially if nobody knows who <laughs> did it. So, you might as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, let's, let's just, you know, replicate that in every field. Uh, make things better, and Christians can do that. Now, um, you have, you're on Twitter. I'm King Ginger is your, your handle if people want to follow you. But do you have like alternative sites that you're looking at that you're like, okay, maybe that's the next one that's not going to be, you know, stomping on Christians as much? Like, do you have a Mines or a Gab? Well, I do have a Mines account that's I'm King Ginger, and I have a Gab account that's I'm King Ginger. Oh, you do? Just there for redundancy, I guess. But I don't like, like, none of them are winning me over. Like, I was really yeah. excited about mines for a short period of time. But then they started classifying religious, uh, they started classifying religious posts as not safe for work in the same category as, like, pornography and stuff. So in order for Christians to search for religious content on mines, they had to uncheck you know, blocking not for not safe for work posts. So that opens them up to pornography. So this is weird. It was just I was like That is weird. It was so strange. And it's you know, and a lot of people I think actually left minds and stopped talking about it once they made that move. 
Um, so because they were like, well, you can't, you're either going to be open or you're not. And so, but see, that's just the problem. The problem is that there's just this mentality that there should be neutrality, but there is no neutrality. Everybody's right. going to make their own position. So, so the, the, the solution is just to create a better platform and to create a better technology um, that's available to everyone. Um, you know, we, me and my wife were in Chick-fil-A the other day and there was a transgendered person getting a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Um, and you know, she was allowed to buy it. They didn't shut her down or stop her. They took her money, you know, and you know, the Bible shows that, you know, the Egyptians took the money of the Egyptians. I mean, the Israelites took the money of the Egyptians, right? They took the gold of, the, of them. And so, so we have, you know, this basis of where, God, you know, I think it says in, in, in Proverbs or somewhere it says, uh, uh, the 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 wealth of the wicked is 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 stored up for the righteous or something like that, yep. right? So we do have the ability to create businesses and create um, technology and infrastructures that are profitable that the entire world uses, and and Chick Fil A is a great example of that for sure, um, and and Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby as well, um, they do a great job. Um, so, so, so we see that that happens. And so we just, we just need to continue to really focus and develop our time and energy into creating technology and platforms that really, really advance the, like I'm excited about quantum computing <laughs> right now. I'm not even sure what that is, but <laughs> like I watched it. I know, I know me neither. And then okay. like, I found out what it was and I was like, please Lord, like Christians just, get into this because it's so essentially like the way a computer works it's just i'll I'll go through this really quickly i know you got to go but the way a computer works it's ones and zeros right just ones and zeros on and off but quantum computing works in a way that there's like on off and then there's like one that's like on and off at the same time or both are off like it's just like there adds another bit instead of just ones and zeros there's one zeros on or whatever so so the ability of that you know multiplies the computing power tremendously to a point where they're saying that the killer app of quantum computing is the ability to replicate physics and biology perfectly so for example if i were to if replicate like a, a bottle of water and i were to pour it out from a certain height at a certain angle the quantum computer can replicate every drop of wa- molecule, every molecule of water, like where it'll flow and go. Like not like computer rendering where we simulate. It'll actually replicate that. And the the wow. the, the ability of the computers is that it'll be able to I you know, in the future, who knows how long, but the idea is that it can be able to scan your every molecule of your body and replicate the effect of medicine perfectly. Or if you, you know, do brain surgery and you cut this cell or do cut this tumor out, this will be the effect before you even do it because it can replicate biology. And we've never been able to do that. We could simulate it with like 3D animation, mm-hmm. but this is actual simulation of, of, yeah. uh, of, of, and I was just like, wow. And so I guess some scientists have already replicated um, an entire atom or molecule already with a with a quantum computer, so it's just a matter of time, man. Like that's the sort of stuff I want Christians to be involved in, because the Bible says, you know, that you know that God will extend the age of man as the gospel goes forth, and 
that sounds like a really good way of using the world God has given us to be able to like replicate stuff like that and extend the life of men. Yeah. Anyway, that's a sidetrack, but those are the sort of things like Christians should really see that and go, Hmm, like now's the time to really be the influencers and leaders of that and, you know, artificial intelligence and all that stuff too. So, yeah. Well, Marcus, um, I appreciate you joining me. And if folks want to find you, I know their Twitter handle is I'm King Ginger and you just said you're on Minds and Gab. Uh, anywhere else you want to send folks? Uh, just Twitter and then uh, go to endabortionnow.com um, and, and you can uh, uh, sign your church up to be part of uh, the abortion clinic ministries. And they'll send you all the signs and resources and tracks you need for free once your elder approves and knows that you're doing it so yeah yeah well i i'm excited for it marcus uh appreciate you joining me god bless all right thank you yep all right bye now sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details